0: Hi, I'm Keshav Naidu and this is Talk to the Brand. Together, we bring you inspiring stories from the world of brand building. Our guest today is Chaitanya Mathur. Chaitanya is the global head for events at Zomato. Prior to this, he was the co-founder of the Grub Fest. As global head of events, he launched Zomaland. It's a pleasure to have Chaitanya on our show today. Hey, Keshav. Chaitanya.
1: Thanks for the great introduction.
0: <laughs> My pleasure uh, So Chaitanya, tell us uh, You've been working in the space of events With brands As an entrepreneur As well as an employee You know, we'd like to get a deeper understanding Of what your journey has been so far Before we start talking about The role that you know certain brands play Or sponsorships play Or most importantly The elephant in the room Events right now Given what's going on in the world
1: so my, my, my story really begins uh, many years ago. I mean, I was 18, uh, this is about 12 years, and 30 today. 12 years ago, I just got out of school um, and I used to attend gigs because I was uh, I was in my school band and I used to play the guitar. And um, I used to just really enjoy uh, not only, you know, being a part of the band that used to play, but also hosting or organizing these events. And while they were way smaller back then, it was, there was still some sort of a Um, thrill in sort of organizing these gigs back then right Um, one thing led to another I used to do a lot of gigs then I started doing sort of uh, events at farms I started uh, doing a lot of events at back then restaurants because there was not such a heavy bar culture and eventually uh, one thing led to another I even moved to Bombay to pursue artist management while in the middle of it I was doing chartered accountancy Um, and I think it just kept on um sort of building block by block for me and uh, one one like i said one thing led to another and then sooner or later we co-founded uh, a food festival which really picked up um, once i had exited i then got approached by zomato and um, you know some somehow zomaland was born so it was just when i look back i think over the last 12 years uh, I had never ever thought that this is going to be what I'm going to be doing you know it just I just took each day as it uh, you know came towards me each opportunity that came I, I I thought of it as something that I'm really enjoying rather than as work um, and then I guess I went from you know organizing my events to organizing events for larger companies and I think that I've had a great great run and a good experience doing that so far
0: yeah that sounds like a really adventurous journey where you've just taken it head on yeah moving on i just want to ask you a little more specifically about if you can t- talk to us about somaland tell us how that came about
1: so i've been doing events for many years right um i got into the large event space when uh me and a few friends co-founded the Grubfest. and when we co-founded that in, in uh, sort of late 2014 and then early 2015 is when we launched it we didn't actually expect the sort of um, the response that we would get you know we were very early into the whole food event space there was a lot of music events there was art events going on there were literature festivals but nobody had conquered something as big as food which is possibly the most basic necessity and yet there was a yeah. uh, sort of booming um, uh, culture of restaurateurs and chefs and it was just something that you know we looked at and we said okay this is going to be the next big thing so let's jump on it and let's actually try and create something yeah. which helps and gives one some sort of a platform to uh, these budding entrepreneurs and restaurateurs um, and chefs and mixologists um, to come through and you know showcase their products and i think in my sort of uh, time that i that i that i was here um, we did about 14 odd large festivals across um, three odd cities in india and um, at the time, I, I think we had achieved so much and, and in such less time, I think in about three years or four years, um, all of us had created with the team some really incredible large scale food events and I think a lot of people took notice to that. Um, when I think um, I had exited and you know, I had decided that I'm actually going to focus on my other ventures. I had no idea that I was going to be back in events again. I had actually thought that, okay, I have done 10 years for events. It was 2007 or eight till about 2018. And I thought it's great. I'm going to hang my boots at 28 for events, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, um, for anyone that does events, it's for me, I've always termed it as chaos management, not event management. So, um, you're always, you always don't know how your event is going to go till your event is over, right? Like it's, it's, it's.
0: It's
1: like a surprise. It's, yeah, a surprise. every minute you're literally breathing surprises, right? Like, yeah. like uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many instances for my couple of years of doing the large format of events that I would remember that I'm literally almost ready to say, okay, this is, this event isn't happening and then it is happening, right? Some miracle happens and, you know, it goes through whether it's yeah. a permission, whether it's an issue, whether it's a last minute call for like uh, certain... Uh, stall spaces to fill up. It's some artists that back out. It's just crazy. it's just always something or the other happening, right? Um, yeah. So I think um, yeah. when when I when I got that call, I had I had already decided that I'm not doing events. And and, and the first call that I got, I got a I got an email from Deepi Deepinder Goel, who's our founder, uh, and I went in and met him. And, and you know he spoke about how exciting the event space and the food event spaces, and um, my first response to Dipi was actually, you know, I'm not sure if I want to do that because I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's, it's just been so... You're trying to leave it. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's been so crazy the last uh, 10 years that uh, I'm not sure if... Um, I, so the, the, the points of what I didn't enjoy during my events uh, stint was probably the whole idea that it's also sort of grey in terms of... Uh, uh, not really having a very organized support system at events. There's not really one yeah. umbrella for permissions and licenses. Um, there's always something or the other that, that, you know, just keeps you on your toes. And I just thought that that's not the sort of stress I want to take, you know, at this young age. And I want to actually focus on a few other businesses that I'm interested in.
0: You didn't have the support infrastructure that
1: a large organization could give you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not at the time, you know. And then when, when the, the yeah. he spoke to me about it, he actually said that, that, you know, this is where, Company like Zomato plays a role where we can actually help yeah. restructure this entire industry, and we can scale this. We can we can bring this to cities. We can uh, take this outside to countries. We can create a format yeah. that that really brings events uh, under one sort of organized way forward. And you know, at that at the point, maybe uh, I I started to realize that okay, that makes a lot of sense. And my intent to take this up was more from a perspective of cleaning up the industry in some way rather than actually just uh, ensuring that I do the largest event because I've already done that. So um, yes. I looked at it as from an angle that, wow, now I can come in, create structures, uh, help uh, the entire industry to get better and, and have companies like Zomato and then way more other companies come in from a structured way and, and clean up this entire system. And I think that and then my other founder, Gaurav Gigi, we call him he was one of the biggest reasons that i actually considered doing this very seriously because he spoke to me about how his journey as a had been so far and then what the company stood for in terms of ethical values and and culture and i think all of this sat with me very well and i said you know what yeah all the other businesses that i'm doing i'm gonna you know be very honest and open about it and at the same time i think this is this is a very very interesting journey that could shape food and events uh, moving forward in India in a much bigger and better way um, and, I, and I really look back and I really thank the fact that I got that support from my founders and I was able to take that decision and I, and I, and I went from being, being an entrepreneur overnight to sort of being a part of a team, a company, an organization and employed to, 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 a, to a sort of mammoth in the food tech world and bestowed upon a responsibility of creating the offline vertical for that online giant, right? Um, yeah, yeah. and, and I literally sat down and I said, uh, so, you know, the first day at work was went to Gigi and I said, so what do I do? He goes, just do what you do and come up with something that that's awesome. I, I was just like, okay, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Let's, let's, let's get this going um I, I literally sat in a, so a I, blank canvas absolute blank canvas and that's what i love you know about um, the culture here at zomato is that they give you so much uh, opportunity to drive your thoughts towards creating them into reality it's just amazing you know i just sat in a room uh in a, in a large conference room alone i had no team i had not hired anybody uh, i had no idea what was going on here i didn't even know the format of events i knew we were in 24 odd countries and you know this is something that i'm going to launch in india first and then take it abroad so i was just like what am i going to do so i took a um took a whiteboard a marker and i just started writing my thoughts you know and i and and i literally sat down one day email both D P and gg and said i think i've come up with it we're going to create um zomato's own sort of fairy tale land and we're going to call it Zomana and um, i still remember when i pitched that both of them had such wide grins and there was like goosebumps uh, happening cuz you know in the moment you just realize wow okay i i like this this is this is our this is our sort of you know the wishful offline experience that we always want our users to feel so the name was finalized the concept was sort of written in, in written down how we were pivoting away from most food events was we were actually creating organized structures of discovering food which is what the app is but on an offline experience um, so when you come to a zoma land you actually get to see uh, an indian section an oriental section and um, sort of a world street food section so you know it's it was something that no event had ever done before uh, which is actually allow a user to walk in get a map of the event and sort of pick which destination and journey and cuisine experience they want to take and at the same time have one of the best entertainment lineups one can even think of yeah you know so it was an it was an incredible amalgamation of food and entertainment and um, we just had we, we put this out on paper now we just had to actually make this happen get it done yeah so so luckily the experience mattered we hired some really good people in the team A very passionate event driven sort of either entrepreneurs also that were acquired or uh, people that have been there in the space for years, um, backed by the awesome, incredible strength Zomato has with restaurants around uh, the country. Uh, Zomaland first season was launched. We did Delhi, Pune and Bangalore in the first season. I remember, you know, uh, our Delhi event wasn't as uh, large as what we wanted it to be, you know, because it was just the first event and it was just against a very short timeline. Um, but then but the event by itself was beautiful we created large structures we created something that was very instagrammable uh, i remember my team come calling me up and saying the next day that um, we have ten thousand pictures on the hashtag zomaland over the season and i was just like wow that is wow. might be the most instagram event because we created so many my, my one of my biggest um, sort of creative drives was that I want people to photograph everything that they do at Zomallai. You know, I want them to come in yeah. and take a picture of everything, be it the artists or be it the food, but also the food zone. Or so themselves or whatever. Yeah, yeah. of course, selfie is against all of this, right? And uh, I, we, we, we created. So when I say Indian zone, we actually created a very Indian theme to it, and. And gave it that sort of look so that you walk into where you feel like you're in the, in the streets of India. If you look at Oriental Avenue or the names keep changing, but whatever we do in the in that space, it looks like you're entering that thing. And, you know, in the first year, we went with a very red dragon look. This year, we went with a very uh, Japanese cherry blossom thing. So we keep on adapting the themes that make people also aware of what's going on. And it's beautiful. You want to just take pictures. Um, and then we, the, the Delhi event got over. We had Pune and Bangalore and both were sold out and that's when i knew that okay this is this is good this is working out stuck gold yeah and uh, we went back uh, post the first season which is 2019 i think uh, ended in march and uh, both the founders were like this was awesome you know this was incredible we didn't expect this to be how awesome it was going to look like feel like uh, drive so much love towards Zomato from an offline experience. You know, Everything has been online. We've been a data company, right? So uh, it's been engagement with users online. This is the first time we got to see a, one lakh people coming through three events and, and interacting with Zomato as a brand. So...
0: You see the affinity for yourself as opposed to just... Uh, tweets and, re, you know, yeah, correct, something. correct. And, and an app, right? Besides like, there's the physicality. There's yeah. 90
1: million users on an app. We don't talk to them every day. You know, we, we, we obviously yeah. try to be the best at customer service, but at the same time, this is a small way that we're interacting with them in an offline experience. So, that happened. Uh, we sat down again in the same conference room where we actually made Zomalan happen, and we said that let's expand this and let's just do what we can do. Um, And how the conversations usually happen internally is that um, someone would say, let's do 100 uh, cities now. And I'd I'd have to bring the reality of events and say, no, I want to do five. (laughs) And then we'd (laughs) we'd settle on a couple of uh, double digits, right? Um, And and, and then, so the second season, we said, okay, no event has ever done this. In the first year, we were still, you know, remember, we were still in the first year. Um, No event has ever gone expanded to 10 cities in in just in less than 12 months in the first the second year yeah. and most of these cities had not even seen food festivals you know when we're talking about um, the scales that I'm talking about like I'm, I don't think Hyderabad had seen something that big I don't think Ahmedabad had seen something that big I don't think um Chennai had seen something like that you know so when we said that okay let us take this property and expand it to 10 cities we were just like okay cool this is this is a format. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. multiply this, and 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 that's how Zomalan season two was born, and that went to. Uh, so the plan was ten cities, but we successfully did nine cities uh, across India.
0: I I want to talk to you, or rather, ask you about uh, the digital properties that you're currently working on you know now that now that you know we are in this space and there's this interim wait period while things open up what is your experience been or what are your thoughts on on the, the digital event space and you know how are you looking at that
1: so i think um, digital events is uh, the most natural pivot for event companies during this state of covid yeah. and, and the pandemic going on um, let truth be told events are one of the hardest hit Entertainment industry is one of the hardest hit sort of industry amongst many others, but really it's going to be one of the last that open up, right? It's going to be one right. of the last industries that you will see a hundred thousand people come together again. You can imagine what I'm talking about, right? Music concerts, yeah, yeah, cricket yeah. Uh, matches, um, so much chatter about closed door, right? But can 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 a concert or a food festival actually happen closed door? No, right? These are it's not a sporting event. These are these are experiences that can only be touch and felt and heard in some, in a very live way. Um, And, and, and my analysis is that large scale events are not coming back till late 2021. Um, And that is primarily because a full fledged, a hundred percent accurate vaccine may not be around till then. Um, Which is when possibly two things, ethical event managers would want to launch their events. Um, and number two, government uh, policies or uh, agencies would actually allow events to happen with those protocols in place. So now what we have is a year and a half of void, right? Um, right. Very natural for event uh, managers and event companies to pivot towards digital events. And I think some have done an incredible, incredible job, right? And I'm I'm talking about global events here. We're saying we're saying that Tomorrowland has gone digital. We're saying um, in India, both and most music festivals, be it at NS 7 or Sunburn, have gone digital. Yeah. I've actually seen kids' events going digital. I've heard about food events going digital. So um, when we waited it out for a few months, the idea to wait it out was that we are primarily a food company, right? Um, while we've amalgamated entertainment in Zomaland, how do we bring that essence back for our user as well uh, as for... The company to actually put out something which makes sense both ways, and the very, very um, clear-cut answer here was to launch food-driven content but live, and I think that was a really sort of uh, no no-brainer sort of uh, an answer to yeah, when we yeah. were thinking, right? So. Um, it wasn't really I wouldn't call it rocket science, but at the same time, there was a lot of cool things around food that were going viral. People were just becoming home sometimes chefs. the obvious answer is sitting right there, right? Yeah. So while it was sitting there from day one, we didn't just want to jump on anything and everything. It really had to be Yeah. Absolutely. And at the same time, you were seeing every artist in India going live. So how do we put that artist live but still make it engaging? So it had to be a different format. Um, So we did fun things, we did, um, we came up with cool names, so there was a kitchen roast which was basically uh, comedy angle towards um, uh, food and cooking and we had some great great uh, sort of comics from India and Singapore also as a part of this, Um, then we did uh, sort of rap battle which was basically have two rap artists uh, do a little bit of talk and, and food talk and also just, you know, rap, <laughs> freestyle. Yeah. So so that was one format. And of course, the obvious format was table talk, which was chefs actually um, not just cooking a dish or a meal that they that they like, but also taking questions and answers that were sort of given to them about their life, their journey. So that's another angle to the chef that you get to know. Um, and the the first season of Zoma Land at Home, it was called, um, had over... 1 million engagement live happening through Zomato and through the channels that we used it was phenomenal. We did nutrition. We did. Yeah,
0: because now suddenly people from all over the world can participate.
1: Absolutely. And we had such a yeah. fun lineup. It went way beyond even, so Zoma and principally the offline events have always had music and comedy. Here I had content creators. Here I had, uh, people that were sort of talking nutrition. Uh, we had fitness sessions. So there was so much more happening all of a sudden from an entertainment perspective that a user could actually yeah. engage with. Um, it was awesome. Like the content was great. There was live engagement. Um, and, and, you know, we put all of this on the app and we've got such a phenomenal response. We were, we were not expecting it. We had brands also that were willing to back it because of the fact that, uh, they trusted us with the sort of content we would create. Um, and overall, that was
0: going to be my next question. In fact, right. I was, the, you know, so who are the brands who participated?
1: So, so when we talk about brands, particularly I had two of my principal sort of partners that are three of my principal partners that have been there for the last two years. So brand loyalty has existed with Zomana and very strongly because, you know, we we have created and curated and, and executed some events for them that we've promised. In fact, I think what we promise is all we always try and promise the least and actually deliver the most. This is one of the biggest things that I never did in events before. As an event manager at my own uh, venture, I used to always offer like the world to sponsors so that I could get them on board and then have back and forth emails during and after the event which were basically not really meeting all deliverables. But here I decided we're changing that format. We're going and offering the least, and then when we send them a report at the end of it, it's going to be 2x of what we promised them so that they're just like, wow, I have got Way more bang for my buck, right? They they can't not see the value in that. Yeah. Correct. I, and in and like, frankly speaking, even even if you if you look at any event and any event manager, hopefully that gets to hear me here would know that they would relate to this. That you know, when you go and pitch to a sponsor, you try and give the world to them of like uh, branding and marketing right. and visibility, and then you, know, you well, want them to sign that check. Yes, and then and then when you get that check, you're just like sort of sitting on your high horse, and then you kind of just feel like, okay. I'll just I'll just put that logo there, you know, or I'll get that announcements put there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give them that 10 by 10 or 20 by 20 space and they can do their own activation. But here yeah, we it were... becomes very transactional versus actually caring about what uh, the bang on. benefit.
0: Uh, what is the gain for that brand?
1: Super. Like you couldn't have put it in a better way. So when it moved from uh, transactional to functional, we used to sit down and be like, I used to personally get involved with all of the brands and do meetings with them and tell them if their idea was good or not and tell them what we need to curate. What can we do? How do we put your message out? My biggest goal with my brands was that please give me an objective statement of what you want to achieve from Zoma and once you signed up and once they give us that me and my team would sit down and actually plan what has to happen. So brand loyalty was super strong because we have always sort of given back to the brands more than what we had promised them. And over the first two seasons, I had three of my brands coming back. uh, Paytm, Byte Dance, and Singapore Tourism Board. All three of them have come back. All three of them came back. And uh, while a few of my other sponsors were wanting to come back, they themselves had sort of... Uh, you know, monetary reasons to actually figure out during COVID whether they have to do that. Like, an, like one of my principal partners was an automobile company, right, uh, in this season. And of course, they were also majorly hit with uh, COVID as soon as it happened. Um, their primary motive was not content. They wanted to, you know, put themselves back uh, together and then see how can they drive marketing, which is what they're doing now. So they've actually called us up and said, yeah. okay, so are you doing any more of this? What can we cur- curate together? So um, I think how we look at brands and sponsorship and, and anything that drives benefit for external parties has always been looked at as a partnership from our side. It is it is a partnership, it is not uh, transactional at all. This is something where if I yeah. grow, you grow, uh, and if you and I both grow together, we will create more and more meaningful versions of this property. So I think that has been core uh, philosophy and DNA and something that you know I've always had in me since I've been here in Zomato. And, sort of instill that in, in, the, in, the entire, in, in the entire team that we have here.
0: Super, super. Do you have a, uh, we like to leave listeners with, on a happy note, do you have like some sort of a funny one line joke or a quote that you can leave us with? I mean, so I'm,
1: I'm 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 a team player. I have never, I never feel that anything that I've done, I've done by myself. I think it's always been with very strong individuals that are very good at what they do and they're very passionate about it. Uh, always empower people, always feel that um, things are made uh, you know when you when you collectively drive towards a goal so and this sort of came in early on so it's not a funny or a, a, you know one liner that i would say is is, is a joke but I, at the same time I, I think everything all these whatever mottos and statements should always be taken in a lighthearted way so there's something that i've always believed in is um if you want to go fast you go alone if you want to go far you go together
0: I, I believe that as well i absolutely believe in that quote in that saying in that way of thinking so thank you for sharing that with us and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on talk to the brand today
1: thanks a lot keisha this has been a pleasure
0: Top to the Brand is produced by the lovely people at Naidu Punjabi. Special thank yous to the design, social and production teams. Music for the show is designed by Zico. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, you'll find the links in the show notes below. Do write in if you have any guest suggestions or if you'd like to be featured on our show. Our email is hello at naidupunjabi.com. Once again, thank you for listening and see you next time.